0: the youthscape podcast the youthscape
1: youthscape. youthscape podcast hi there and welcome to the youthscape podcast my name is rachel gardner and this is the podcast where we talk about things that are topical and relevant and important in youth ministry and we sometimes bring you guests that you might have heard of and guests that you might not have heard of Introducing my dear colleague Martin Saunders. Well,
0: someone you might not have heard. I don't know.
1: I've left that hanging.
0: You did, didn't I just you? I left that
1: open. Oh, How lovely.
0: are you? Yes, I'm all right, thanks. I'm buoyant, in fact.
1: Buoyant. I'm oh, yeah. Honestly, doing a podcast with an author and a writer. Yeah. You use words like that. I don't know that smell? buoyant is a
0: particularly. E. I
1: think it's quite a good word. I got
0: bullied in English uh, in an English lesson when I was twelve for using the word blasé. Blase.
1: It all turned on or by me. the teacher. She no, was no. Like, no what was
0: it? Well, no. I remember my English teacher, Mister Deary, who was an odd chap. He, uh, he started to, uh, he went off into the, the, the supply cupboard oh, and they all, they they all turned on me for, oh. for using the word blasé. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. What are you, you using a, a word like that for? Blasé, what does that even mean? I'm like, well, I could tell you what it means, but you're just bullying me more.
1: <laughs> How did you do in your GCSE English? <gasps> what? Did you get your own back and get an A? Do you
0: know what? Yeah, no, my, my GCSEs were a mixed bag. Are they? So I, I did all right. I did well in English and, and things like that. I, I did get a D in French. Which I've always had as a sort of badge of oh, le as
1: l'honor. I like to call it, <laughs> having a D. le badge of honour, le badge of the It's probably the
0: honour.
1: Oui. This week but, is a week that it's GCSE results, of course. Yes. Yes. And it's the first. Is it the first year that it's going to numbers?
0: I'm I'm re- reliably informed that yes. it is now numbers.
1: And I think you know that thing when cause it's been years since I sat any exams like this, so I'm kind of a long way removed from that feeling. Although I do remember it. But every year just as a youth worker trying to sort of buffer and coach and support these lovely young people who are just so terrified about the results Mm. and what the results mean. But also they hear the kind of the wider national conversation like, oh, it's numbers this year and it's going to be harder. And, And I think that's just horrendous, isn't it? That our young people are kind of dealing with their own anxiety and stress. But they're also hearing the rest of society go, oh, yeah exams are getting harder, kids are getting mm. stupider, and it's just, I think it's deeply unfair.
0: And then the results come out, and, and they like, oh, go, that easy. oh no, it's got easier uh, this year. No, it's not
1: good either.
0: But the good thing about GCSE results is it does give us all an opportunity to post a really worthy social media status update <gasps> about that. how your results do not define you.
1: I, I would think we should do some research into whether it actually helps young people, because I, I'm a little bit like you. I always tweet that, because I genuinely feel they mm. need to hear in their lives this matters, but it's not what's going to define you. But that's really difficult, isn't it? When actually, probably, we've been part of the crew in the run-up saying, come on, revise, come on, put yeah, some yeah. revision in. Do it, or else. Come on, you got to do it, otherwise you to do the gap here with us. No, we never yeah. say that. But yeah, thats it's a bit, is it a bit one of those moral conundrums? I don't know. I just think
0: we say that sort of thing because we feel we should...
1: And there's other youth workers that see it and go, oh, they're yeah. a nice youth worker. Yeah. Do young people actually see our Twitter?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think young people even look at Twitter, do they? <laughs> they have no interest in whether we think on Twitter but their results <laughs> do or don't define them.
1: But it's good that we put out on the airwaves, genuinely, these things matter, but they don't yeah. change things in the long run. Do we what really did you, how do
0: you do them? in your GCSEs?
1: Um, I think I got a couple of A's, a couple of B's, a couple of C's. Couple of Ds. It was that kind. That's what of, I got? Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. It was a kind of a mixed middle vibe. of the road. Yeah, But well, I was yeah, and I was proud of my A's. I think I was surprised I got A's. I think.
0: What did you get A's in?
1: English, English language, and religious education. Of course you did. Of course you well, did. I think, yeah, kind of. And
0: now you write books about it's like religion. Religion. That's
1: interesting, isn't it? Had there been one on sex, I think I'd have. <laughs> sex education. Had you- <laughs> you, well, a GCSE in sex education oh my goodness I mean terrifyingly that would be it?
0: the most popular <laughs> and probably that, highest scoring GCSE such,
1: maybe that because I'm a real fan of religious education staying as a core curriculum subject I know that's there's so many debates about it because, A, it's one of the only ones where you do really get to debate the really interesting stuff in life, yeah. like sex and stuff. So I think it is a... So, so really... you do
0: know that religious education and sex education are separate <laughs> things, right? I know, no. I know you've basically built your entire Anytime. career on the idea that they aren't.
1: <laughs> Anytime I'm invited to school, under any premise, they get to hear about God and about sex. I love, it.
0: whenever I've spoken with you at the <laughs> events, when we've, we've done little... You can, you can book us now as a double act, <laughs> can't you? Yeah. And when we've done stuff together, and
1: you'll together, pull out, and I'll still do it. Yeah. Uh, oh! Oh, <laughs> boom, oh! Boom! I said it. There
0: was subtext there. <laughs> uh, okay, I may have pulled out no, an event I really, recently. I
1: really missed yours. Oh, you. I was like, but no.
0: But you can book us for it. For a, For a, I think we sing, we dance, we yeah. do a little, we tell some jokes. But you, um, you, you always within about five minutes have done some sex story that even if the subject is like spiritual disciplines or I don't know like Habakkuk like understanding the nature of God through Habakkuk you have got a sex story in yeah. there within I'm within not five gonna minutes t- I'm
1: not going to defend it except to say that the reason I do it is I think that often You've got to break the guessing machine. So, yeah. people think you're going to talk about a certain thing unless they think it's me, they'll know what I talk about. Yeah. But the moment you name something, they feel really, we're talking about spiritual disciplines and you just yeah. name masturbation. Yeah. You go, well, actually, what is a spiritual discipline if it's not something that actually empowers us to be disciplined in the whole of our lives? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a crass example. But um, let's get on to our interviews. Yeah, sorry. We've got two today. Oh, we've got two. Okay. And if there was a kind of a theme, lovely listener, or a word that kind of covers this podcast, it would be the word Sunderland.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you were going there. <laughs> it's the, the uniting word between these two interviews is the word Sunderland. Sunderland.
1: Because both of these interviews are with dear but brilliant people who are leaders and have been leaders for a very long time in Sunderland. Yes. And I was up in Sunderland um, recording for the Songs of Praise because obviously over the summer, you guys all oh, got to see yeah, Songs of, of, of Praise. Um, we had 125 year anniversary for the Girls Brigade. And so I was up there, and the first interview is I managed to catch hold of this incredible woman, an elderly lady actually, um, who has been running Girls Brigade for a long time, and just in the corner of the kitchen, it's just a few minutes long, but I wanted to interview her because my jaw hit the ground when I discovered quite how long she has week in, week out, in Sunderland, where they would say to you, they're not heavily resourced as churches mm-hmm, when it comes to youth work, mm-hmm. but she has been running Girls Brigade with up to 60, Girls and teenagers and have a little listen to how long she has been doing this week in, week out. This is Liz.
0: The Youthscape Podcast.
1: So Liz, I'm, I'm with you tonight and you are the... You're yeah, the lady that runs the Girls' Brigade team here. Team leader. Team leader. And would you just tell us how many years have you been running to Girls' Brigade here?
2: I've been a leader for 48 years.
1: 48 years? Yes. So that, by my calculations, that means you are
2: older than 48. Yes. I've been team leader for 18 years. Oh, I see. And you've been part of this Girls' Brigade group? Since 1961. Oh, my
1: goodness. Now, um, the reason I wanted to grab you is because... You've been running this for so long, but I, but I guess, would you see yourself as a youth worker? How do you
2: see Well, it? I suppose really this is what it is, but you don't really think you are, you know. You just do what you have to do each week, and, and we have such wonderful, amazing young women.
1: And I'm, I'm here tonight, you have loads of girls from four years old, yes. right up to their early 20s, coming yeah. oh, back yes. to help. Yes. And they come every week. yes. Yes. Um, what, yes. what do you put that down to? Why do you think they come I really? think
2: because there's so much fun, so much friendship. There's such a wonderful atmosphere in that hall. Yes. I mean, and I've said, you know, if the walls yes. of this hall could talk, you know, this is where we have been for the last 56 years.
1: So you've <laughs> seen a few generations of oh. young women in this community yes. come
2: up through Girls' yes. Reggae. Have you seen the needs for girls oh, change yes. over that time? Tremendously.
3: Mm. Oh, yes.
2: You know, when we first started, children could just come in and you would see no parents, the child just was playing oh, out and came you. in. Yeah, yeah. But now I can't oh. take a child without a parental consent yes, form. Yeah. You know, yeah, culture this. changes rapidly.
1: Yes, Do you find there are some <clears> things <throat> that haven't changed though? So things like the safeguarding and the culture, but what things have remained consistent in that time, would you say?
2: The loyalty, every, you know, it's just. Yeah. And, and I meet people, well, not every day, but most weeks, most months, you know, I'll be sitting on the bus mm. and somebody will come in. do you not remember when I was in Girls Brigade?
1: <laughs> and how does that make you feel?
2: Well, it's amazing, you know to see them come in at five-year-old and then, like Alice and Phoebe, are going to university incredible, in September. Incredible. What would you say <clears throat> to
1: any women or men who are maybe in their retirement years or approaching retirement and think, I really have a heart for this generation, but I, I'm not a youth worker. Like, you need to be 19 to be a youth worker. What would you say to them?
2: Well, you, you don't. You know, I, I do rely on my young officers. On my own leaders tremendously, mm. because they keep me going. You know, they <laughs> they'll text me and you know, yeah. um, but they rely on me as well. Mm. You know, we we're a team.
1: And I can see that you really release them, I can see that your style of leadership here is that you encourage them, you release them, you're making endless cups of tea, oh, but you're also yes. managing the programme, like, it's quite a specific role that you play. Oh yes, I, yeah. I
2: see, I'm, I'm not the team leader really, I'm just the dog's body.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you let everyone else fly, don't you? Oh, Liz, but it's,
2: amazing. it's it's really good, you know, mm. that we, we do all get on and... Um, and it, it's great to see them come through, mm. and and to see them become young leaders themselves. Mm. Tremendous. Liz and you know they do go to university, but some come back, but some go on to, you
1: know Other things. there's one girl I was just from chatting to who's I think she's nineteen years old, and tomorrow she's about to go to America for three months. Yes, yeah, Catherine. Like, yeah, with the Sally yeah. Army Group, and she yeah. said, "Oh, it's because girls' grade here taught me how to be a leader, and now I can mm-hmm. go and do that elsewhere." So that like, what a legacy, Liz. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much.
0: You've escaped your podcast What a legend
1: Yeah she is
0: 57 years of continued service in the girls' brigade, do you get some sort of do you get a carriage clock or something after fifty.
1: No, no, you don't. You should have brought that in. I should have brought as that president. In. They, honestly, these women don't need stuff like that. They honestly are diehard. Wow. Just they love these girls. They want them to learn how to be leaders. They love Jesus. They want these girls to find life in all its fullness. And she is astonishing. And her little gang that was running it with her were were women in their 20s. So she really raises up young leaders. Mm.
0: Yeah, There's lots of things you could talk about there. The importance of the kind of older, the elders in youth ministry. People who are sticking around and from whom the younger generations, comparatively like you and me even, can can really learn so much. You can't say this Rachel, uh, but I can. It's been amazing in my own daughter's Life to see the sort of amazing impact of being part of a girls' brigade group on on just a you know a very she's only ten my daughter but she's getting such a grounding in um, in the Christian faith but also just in you know, just good, sensible, kind of moral thinking and, and, and also just this, she's getting her horizons widened mm. about what, what it could mean for her to be a young woman growing mm. up with leadership opportunities and, you know, the, the opportunity to decide her own future and what that could mean. I think that's brilliant. And I imagine that is true in groups all around the country. Mm. Um, and, uh, and someone like Liz has been doing that for yeah. generations yes. of girls. Absolutely brilliant. So we, if we were wearing hats,
1: we would take them off. Tonight. Right
0: now, they'd be coming off. Yeah, um, but we're not. We're not wearing hats. No. So we're just going to nod.
1: We're just nodding we in your that. we think you're But also
0: that's not all you did in Sunderland. <gasps> no. Nope. And Sunderland is a place that needs some encouragement at the moment. Yes. Did you know that um, apart from its lack of resources? the football team has been going It's been going very badly wrong
1: oh I didn't know yeah. that which
0: is not you know I mean I've oh. seen you I saw you during the World Cup by the way <laughs> tweeting
1: <laughs> yes I about was, football oh my goodness I got really into it the
0: Japanese goalkeeper
1: and actually my daughter who is six got really into it and would regularly on random occasions just put her head in her hand and say what about Gareth? Oh, what's his name? What's his name? Gareth of his
0: Southgate.
1: Name? Where, where, yeah, she suddenly, didn't say, where's, where's Gareth Southgate? And Miles was like, I think he's probably back at the hotel, or he's now on the coach going he home, know whatever. Where he is know, just generally, like, she had this fixation yeah. on, on Gareth Southgate. Well, I think
0: we're all fixated on Gareth Southgate. Oh, I have no yeah.
1: idea. I mean, I don't really know what he looks like, but good on him. Well,
0: but you love the Japanese goalkeeper. I just know. I, I just love that. the
1: Japanese goalkeeper. <laughs> Why? And the fans, Why? the Japanese fans picked up their litter. <laughs> oh, no, That's that why you was like the main them. story Was that the Japanese fans Would be picking up All their litter To the, to the extent that Actually other fans Start to do it as well oh, I just love Pan I think they were awesome Brilliant But I do have anyway, a second anyway, interview Anyway
0: sorry Sunderland so I'm, never, I'm
1: never a girl to let Youth workers get out My sticky fingers yes. And like interview them I yes. want to
0: Absolutely want to find them. Bringing, Finding the stories of hope In Sunderland That was my point it's Just awesome Where, where yes. Sunderland, Sunderland Have had a bad A bad I run see, of things In okay, the football oh, I see That was the point That was the link I was very very like it was a crowbar and it just
1: exploded to yeah. become about Japan didn't it
0: Japanese litter, litter picking <laughs> okay. fine anyway we've done another interview we have with the wonderful Andy from Wearside yfc yes and uh, and and you met him too let's hear from him the youthscape podcast
1: So um, I'm in Sunderland, people, um, and I've come to a girls' brigade event and a man has walked in the building. This is not a drill. And his name is Andy. And Andy, I've dragged you into the kitchen to say, tell me a bit about youth work in Sunderland. And the reason that I think you know is because you work for Youth for Christ and the Youth for Christ Centre here in Sunderland. So tell me, what is the name of the centre that you, you run it don't you?
3: Yes I do, uh, the centre is Wearside Youth for Christ and uh, we work alongside local schools doing our re-lessons, assemblies, lunchtime clubs, after school activities and we also work alongside the local churches seeking to support and serve them as they reach out to young people
1: and as you were speaking to me earlier it just really sounded like you really see your role as youth for christ center really resourcing the local churches and, and so that's that's why you're here tonight at a girls yes with two footballs
3: indeed <laughs> yes well i've been coming here for uh, must be over 10 years now yeah uh, supporting the team that do a great job working yeah. here so really my part is just to um, encourage the young people, encourage yeah. the leaders, give the young people some things to think about through the devotions, yeah. through the activities, um, and that's something that I feel is a really important part of of what we at Youth for Christ uh, seeks to do.
1: Yeah. Now. This is Sunderland, which is miles away from... I, I live in North London, I work in Luton. Mm-hmm. There's always a standing joke about the fact I have no idea where anything up north <laughs> is. But I, I've never been to Sunderland before. What, what is youth ministry... What are the challenges that youth workers face in Sunderland? What are some of the opportunities? Maybe let's start with the challenges first. What, what do you see? Um,
3: well, I think a lot of the challenges, certainly for the church, is that there is a lack of resource i.e. a lack of people, so there's a few people that would want to do something with children and young people, but there's not enough other people to bear the burden with them. And so it's a question of resource, of people, and so for me one of the big things is being able to bring people into the area to kick start and help churches to yeah. work with young people, yeah. but also to help local young people and give them an opportunity yeah. to serve as well. So. Yeah. Uh, we're big on wanting to give volunteers gap year programmes, that kind of stuff and so
1: that's from people outside of Sunderland coming in well
3: no these are local people yeah. okay. um, uh, so I love giving opportunities for young people to uh, volunteer in the schools in local churches that kind of thing um, and that's always been a big part of what we do um, but we'd love to see more young people who were growing up through that being involved um, I'm also involved uh, within um, an organisation called Equip Northeast, which is all about uh, equipping people, local young people in the northeast, to uh, do a gap year and to serve God within the local church, uh, in those contexts. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is is having people to come into the area. Yeah. One of the other things that we're involved in is uh, with Tees Valley Youth for Christ and UK USA Ministries. Um, there's teams of uh, Americans that come over to work mainly in the side area, um, but we're looking to develop that here in Sunderland mm. so that hopefully we get, um, we've had four churches this year um, that have had teams of young Americans, 16, 17, 18-year-olds, and they uh, serve in the church, do stuff in schools, do stuff in the community, whatever it is uh, that there's a need for. Mm. And we're looking to uh, to pray and hope that some of these young people might come back in the future for longer periods of time and to stay and work in the areas. It's
1: a real long-term vision that you've got because it needs to be, I guess. It does,
3: it does because the churches are not strong numerically and the the congregations are older in in a lot of cases and so we really need to bring in uh, young people who have energy and passion uh, that can work alongside and support
1: Mm. the people
3: that are already seeking to do the, the work.
1: So, so I'm looking at you, and I think you and I are probably the other side of 21.
3: <laughs> Just a little bit.
1: <laughs> and you are serving Jesus and young people in a context that's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, la- low resources in terms of money and, yes. and churches, It's smaller churches here are challenges. Yeah. But I can see that you love what you do. I mean, uh, tell us, uh, how has your heart not got hard? How... how... How, how do you keep going? I mean, it, this has been listened to by youth sure. workers around the UK, some who will totally resonate with your context. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think for me, knowing that I've been called, and it's not about success in the sense of how many people have become Christians or how many people are in the group. Um, it's just about doing what God has called you to do. So he's called me to speak. He's called me to communicate the gospel, both in schools and into local churches. He's called me to challenge young people to think about that. And as long as I'm doing what he's called me to do, then he does the rest. So for me, that's what keeps me going. Yes, I am frustrated sometimes that perhaps things haven't moved on the way that I would like or the way that I would think. But it's it's God that's building his kingdom, it's not me. So really, I just need to do what he's called me to do. Wow. And as long as I do that, then wow. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That and yes, incredible. we have seen some young people become Christians. We have seen young people who are already Christians getting involved and in working and serving with us. And there have been lovely stories, but I've always had a passion to share the gospel and to give young people, especially in schools um, who have very little concept of who God is the opportunity to hear so we do uh, lessons on what is the ultimate truth what, what? is the ultimate authority um, we do lessons on um, why Jesus died we do lessons on the bible and is that true we do lessons on the trinity we do lessons on um justice and poverty and stewardship of God's creation we do lessons on um yeah, creation, evolution, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You that really give...
1: engage all the issues that young people are facing. That's yeah. Amazing. yeah, that's what
3: we aim to do. So working alongside the local schools, um, we try and serve within the RE departments. Mm. We also do um, stuff with where young people have struggles. So we run a nurture group alongside the Salvation Army, uh, who runs the Starfish Mentoring Programme. And we've worked for the last four years with a group of young people who've had struggles and had issues. Um, for the last two years we've been working with a returners unit who have who uh, they're non-attending in school mainstream school yeah and uh, it's attached to one of the schools that we're already working in and we were asked could we come in and just do some fun activities and just build relationships yeah exactly so it's it's a real mixture. so we do a lot of um, very direct um, teaching but then we also do some supportive and encouraging ones as well
1: so You've been listened to by youth workers around the UK. Sure. What what is your what is your plea to youth workers around the UK who you know might be facing similar things? what is what is your hope for us as a community?
3: That we don't give up. Come that we, that we, we keep going.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, and it's as I said before, if God's called you to do something, yeah then he's called you to do something.
1: And he will resource you whatever you need.
3: Exactly. Which is a
1: tough one, isn't it? Because often that doesn't come in the way you want it to.
3: No, the expectations, it's very much, I think it can be go in, do the thing, and you'll have this great success. And often the Christian life isn't about great success. It's about trials. It's about struggles. It's about difficulties. But it's about seeing God at work in those Mm. difficulties. And also something that I was told very, very long time ago when I first started in youth work. And that was, this isn't about what God, what you can do for God. It's about what God can do in you wow, and through you. Wow. And I never forgot that. Right. And I think that's something that's really important. Because God is doing a work in me and he's using the things yeah. that I do to do that. And he does the same to everyone else. So but, it's not about success. Yeah. It's about that sanctification process that God's doing in all of us. And he built his kingdom. Mm. And it's not up to us. We can't make people become yeah. Christians. We're
1: faithful. He's fruit. He brings the fruit, in not Exactly. And that's exactly. such a beautiful posture of the heart, actually, isn't yeah. it? And I, think, and I guess whether we're working in a context where we're seeing lots of fruits, in the commas, or we... I don't know why I put in inverted commas. Um, everyone knows it, about grapes or something. But um, whether we're seeing like, the immediate impact, whether we've got loads yeah. of resources or not, actually the posturing of the heart is the yeah. most important thing, isn't it? If, if, if we think that any of this is happening because of something that we're amazingly doing then actually we need a bit of an ego check, don't we? This is all about God and what he can do. So how can people pray for you and for Sunderland, this beautiful area? Well,
3: um, pray, for pray for the churches. Yeah. Pray for the young people. Uh, mental health is, is a big issue amongst young people, uh, certainly up here. Um, so that'll be a big thing to be uh, praying for. Mm-hmm. Um, pray for um, more workers to come into that area to support the churches already and pray for the um and thank god for the american mission teams and pray that more will be able to come mm. that they would um encourage and motivate the young people already here yeah. to get involved and to serve and to stay because yes. the temptation is to s- just not work in the church so i would encourage people to pray for those things Absolutely. i think um, and
1: maybe come visit you
3: Absolutely, Let's do that. that'd be good.
1: Let's do the youth workers that go and hang out with each other. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you know going there. Uh,
3: Thank you very much. Teach
1: a whole lot of girls how to play football, or do they teach you? I bet they teach
3: you. Well, they keep me on my toes. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: So, a wonderful whistle stop tour around Sunderland. Rachel, you're safely back with us now. Um, and just eulogizing about Japanese goalkeepers and, and fans. And
1: youth workers that stay put in for generations yes, of no low resources. Absolutely. Love them. Love um, them.
0: And talking of youth workers,
1: oh, let's let's
0: let's do some shout-outs.
1: I've got a big smile on my face because I'm cheekily gonna drop in the one and only person who has ever said that he's part of a fan club. Yes. Charles Merritt.
0: Charles Merritt, leader of the Rachel Gardner <laughs> Appreciation Society. <laughs> He actually has a poster of, of you, saw. signed by you, yep. on this very podcast. I, I
1: totally encouraged that. It so, was terrible. So, hello to Charles. Hi, Charles. Uh,
0: hello to Linda Devernathan, as well, who is a brilliant youth worker here in Luton, who um, we should have been chatting out for months, uh, months ago. So, uh, that's long overdue. Hello to Linda and
1: then we like to have a training college every now and then that we just kind of shout out to everybody. And Morelands, it's your turn! So down on the beautiful sunny south coast, where there are rabbits that just take over the area. If you ever go to Morlands, there are rabbits, because it's just beautiful landscape, it's crazy. never know what's gonna come out of your mouth. No, but that is important, isn't it, you know about that. But Andy Defoe and all the staff and the faculty and the students at Morelands, we love you, we champion you, we pray that whatever's happening today You just know, great inspiration. That was
0: half a shout out and half a a benediction.
1: (laughs) And the rabbits. Let's not forget the rabbits. Bless the rabbits. Next week, we have an interesting guest coming next week. Shall we do a little spoiler for next week?
0: Spoiler alert.
1: Go on then, who have we got next week?
0: Uh, Next week we have Jenny Flanagan here talking about uh, Youth Work Sunday.
1: What is Youth Work Sunday? Well, we'll
0: find out next week. But uh, you can find out for yourself now at youthscape.co.uk slash Sunday and uh, yeah it's the, it's the pilot year it's the
1: pilot year so you'll be able to find next week from Jenny all about it and whether you want to get involved and we really hope that you do
0: yeah um, you can also support this podcast and the organisation behind it uh, at uh, patreon.com slash youthscape uh, you can pledge to give a dollar a month which is about 75p um, and, uh, and basically that just goes to support the work of, of what we do here, it doesn't pay for our coffees or our leopard print trousers coffee, yes, or oh. any of that, doesn't pay for any of that, nope. it pays for the running yes. of this youth centre. Brilliant. Um, so please do get online, patreon.com slash youthscape. Where were you, yeah that's a good question.